Chapter 11 Planting the Ankh in Your Heart Once I peered through Anubis's lens, I could see a magnificent garden flourishing below. The vine was the stem of life, and from it all species of form began to flourish and grow. This great vine stretched out like the rays of the sun. It seemed to cover everything in sight. Anubis's ankh was not just a lens. His ankh was the key that pierced through the veil, bringing darkness to light. What is this lens? This is the ancient ankh, the key of life, and it represents the union of the infinite darkness paired with primordial light. Not separate from any spirit, this ankh gives sight into our soul. We are unique yet united. We are aspects of the whole, said Anubis. This Ankh revealed the gypsy queen named Artemis standing beside many other great beings. The great men and women appeared in magnificent ethereal bodies, and so I watched their essence glow like spirits over shadows. Each of them held light like a human body, but now the lens altered their appearance when unique animal had started to grow. Blinking in shock, I watched the vision from the lens transcend all norms. They all had many arms, weapons, and tools when I realized these great gods and goddesses could change their form, and I could see many other spirits without a body wandering about. They were on the outskirts of this great coliseum, but still, I seemed drawn to this woman who called me out. You've been to the surface, then why have you come here? said Artemis. Why are we here? I whispered to Dionysus. Sister, hear me out. It was a long and difficult road to locate the tree of life. But in spite of our past challenges, we prevailed through darkness, and so I come bringing fresh and valuable insight, said Dionysus. Insight? Is that all? And what about the link? How will we bridge heaven and earth if we're stuck listening to what the youngest brat thinks? Have you forgotten about the chaos you caused our family? You ran from the battle, and that's why our ancestors are still trapped. Go on and tell us what is so valuable, and then Father will judge your insight to see if it helps bridge the earthly gap, said Artemis. Dionysus cleared his throat <clears> and spoke to all. For ages I was alone, ever since Father told me about the brass door on the pyramid's fourth level. After that I was murdered and thrown into an endless tunnel, and so I fell to the bottom of a pit, trapped by fate and punished by my own inner devil. For so long I searched for a way to find you. Then a set of humans crossed my path. Two of them came through a mystical pyramid, the same as ours, and so I believed that we have hope at last. The woman named Jane entered through the sacred temple, and Levi stands beside me now. I have reason to believe the link between heaven and earth is well in order, but I still cannot explain exactly how. All is one, but one is still a mystery, and I believe this human can bridge the link back home. Now give us a chance, and let Levi and I go onward to reestablish the truth that was lost in Earth's history, said Dionysus. How can anyone depend on you after how it fell apart? We were fighting the army of ignorance who tried to banish our light, and Father hid you on purpose from the very start. You want us to welcome you back home, but how could the family take you back? After all the troubles you caused us, we should throw you to the wicked spirits and see how long you last. And what offerings have you brought to us? What gifts do you have for your great father and holy mother? How will you pay your respects to the trouble that you caused all your sisters and brothers? Now you bring a mortal man with you? 
Yet if not for your madness, the mortals would have never thrown us into this trap. Is this man all that is left of the great cult of Dionysus? Great father, we should sacrifice this human and offer him to Isis. She said, Great father, I can explain, said Dionysus. Whispers passed between those watching when the mightiest spirit came forth. Out of all the endless souls, ghouls, ghosts, and animal spirits, not a single being moved when the great feminine and masculine forces came before all. There the mother and father emerged together. Have you trained this human? Why doesn't he bow? We are running out of time, my son, and the time is now, said the great father. Great father, I swear it is an order, although it is happening different than any of us could predict. This man is auspicious, and I believe this man is our divine fix, said Dionysus. Auspicious he is, but what hope is there without a link back to the land? What good is this mortal when the humans have forsaken the eternal and divine plan? My son, have you forgotten the damage that was caused? Who can atone for the losses left to be paid? The eternal law will prevail, and nature is undefeated in her ways. It is time to wait for her destruction, and we will resurface once all is clear. When the wickedness has been wiped off from the land, there will be nothing left to fear, said the great father. Dionysus's head hung into his chest while I studied all these magnificent beings through the center of the Ankh. But father, this is not the time to wait and rest. This man is our link. He carries the light that is left, said Dionysus. An illuminated man? And what is it that he knows? Speak up, human. Tell us about the state of existence upon the surface and the way in which my thread of life continues to grow, said the great father. In jeopardy of swallowing my tongue, I could feel the immense power of this man when a storm cloud began to surge over all of us. Speak up. What was your duty upon the earth? What powers did you hold? said the father. I was a citizen of the order, an employee of a lost democracy. The world is dominated by greedy politicians and many churches are filled with lies and hypocrisy. I wish I could offer better insight and bring better news, but so many of the people are trapped by the dictators and rulers. So many of us have been used and abused. And what land did you rule? asked the great father. There was no land I called my own, but rather I was a programmer. A what? asked the great father. I studied numerology. How? he asked. By weighing the value of numbers and letters, I found strings of information, which related to the past, present, and future. These I decoded into secret messages, and I tried to share it online through the internet which connected all computers. This information led me to generate symbols and stories about Earth's future route. I even studied the world's operations, and I learned to ask a tarot deck what my true purpose was all about. What are you trying to say? Speak it plainly, he said. I am a fool who wandered astray, I told him. And what is left of Mount Olympus? asked the great father. Olympus? Yes, the great kingdom. Dionysus said you came from the mystical pyramid which was once my home. Which bastard has taken my authority? Who is the present ruler that sits upon my throne? asked the great father. I was a visitor in that pyramid. I was treated as if my own life was a waste. I'm afraid whoever rules the pyramid now is a felon that has disgraced the human race. Zeus pounded his fists when thunder erupted beyond the veil. 
Then tell me about that land. Tell me the truth. What hope is left for our spirit and beloved Earth? What hope is left for the mother's youth? He asked. The order from which I came is built like a complex organism. It's all connected like one intricate, exquisite, and giant system. The world is like an extravagant maze, but I escaped with a few others who refused to obey and listen. All of us worked jobs in an effort to pay off our summations of debt while integrating our lives into a system that distracted our attention through screens and devices which led us to forget. Then why have you come? What is the meaning of your arrival? The people have locked us out and abandoned their own survival, said the father. I'm afraid I don't understand. I was thrown to the very bottom where Dionysus came to my side, and I too am looking for the way out. Ever since, I have become this boy's protector and guide. You are my son's protector? How could a mortal ever look after my divine son? I'm afraid you are lost. If not for my boy, then your life might be done. And when will you bow? You say you've served Dionysus? Then you serve my family too. If you worked all your life, then work is what you will do, said the father. Both Dionysus and I waited still. Come here, Dionysus. Bring your human toy with you. Greet the Holy Mother, and then the family will decide the punishment you'll go through, said the great father. Again, I tried to budge through the invisible veil, but to no avail. The human cannot pass, and so there's little hope for him. He's still attached to his body. He's not worthy to serve our divine family if he can't even get in, said Artemis. Without another word, Anubis pulled the ankh away when the lens revealing the divine dance disappeared from my eye. That vision of the miraculous gathering was gone. There was nothing else here but steps and stones. Dionysus raised the flute to his lips before he played a gentle tune. I could hear it beyond the veil, and at once his form ignited a fresh blue aura when I saw him glow from beyond the great veil. Dionysus, don't leave me here alone. Play your flute louder so I can pass through and I will bow to your great father's throne. I could barely see the boy, and so I heard his voice whisper, If you cannot see the soul, then how can I help you pass through the gate? Until I see you again, this is a family affair, and each soul must answer to his or her own karmic fate, said Dionysus. There must be something I can offer. I have come so far, and you must not forget that I am your protector and guide. I promised Medusa that I would look after you. Dionysus, please don't leave me here to die. Dionysus' voice had become so quiet it was barely a whisper. Don't cling to your separate identity. Life's destiny is not confined to a single person, family, or race. But rather the truth is in the center of all spirit, and this truth is how we contribute to the awakening of the heart, which can only happen through the mind space. If there is any hope for you to enter, then you must be sincere and honest with your own self. Know that I am within your own heart, and so I live in the hearts of everyone else, said Dionysus. My hands were pressed against that veil, and so his last words passed through my mind when his aura disappeared altogether. If you knew the power my family once held on earth, then you'd know the importance of this holy war. But why didn't you respect my father and bow? Don't you recognize my family from when you entered through the brass door? said Dionysus. Falling to my knees, I sat on my heels and looked at the invisible barrier, but I was trapped. Now of course there must be a way in, and so I paced atop the pyramid, looking into the emptiness where the grapevine was growing on the other side. 
but how could I pierce through this veil? There had to be clues hidden about. All I could do was yell and shout. Again, I checked the invisible veil. When I looked back down to the pyramid steps, and what was the code Dionysus spoke of? How long would it take before I'd learn about these mystical precepts? My mind floated through the past conversations where I thought about everything he ever said. But the fear of my own fate was too great, and so I was overtaken by anxiety, thinking they'd left me for dead. Pacing back and forth, I looked everywhere for a sign, and there in the distance I saw a white crane flying closer when I watched it land atop the pyramid beside a green vine. This was the same bird as before, the one who submerged itself but never reappeared, and so I ran toward the bird, and how had it arrived right here? Now the bird lowered its beak beside the veil, but it couldn't pass through. Then I witnessed something miraculous happen. The bird bowed to the grapevine when a new opening grew. The invisible veil split, and I saw a seam open with my own eyes. The great white crane disappeared behind the veil when I knew what I needed to try. Falling on my hands and knees, I bowed before the great vine. My hands reached for the tiny green sprout, but the veil had yet to realign. Again I rose to my feet as my hands pounded against the veil, but I couldn't see anything or anyone, and yet again I had failed. Lying my body flat, I prostrated myself in reverence just like the bird had done. Humbling myself in devotion, I pressed into the veil, but somehow I was still shunned. Stretching my body flat, I knew there must be something I must say. I bowed a third time when I started to pray. Now why was I praying, and to whom was I calling out? I couldn't actually explain why I was doing any of this, and what any of it was about. First I imagined Dionysus, since that boy was truly my guide. Because without his magic and tricks, then surely this body would have died. I rose to my feet again, then I prostrated my body flat and bowed to his great father who appeared like a king. I wanted to make up for my mistakes, and so I prayed I'd be forgiven. Bowing over and over, I prostrated my body and pictured the spirits I saw below, and so I bowed to all my ancestors before the tenderness within my heart began to surge and grow. I prostrated my body over and over until I could feel all the suffering humankind endured. I cried on behalf of the human race, and there I realized that the root of suffering was tied to our deepest fears. With my eyes closed, I pictured the brass door and the day I couldn't escape. Looking through that empty room, I saw a great queen take shape. Yes, this was the Holy Mother, the one who had birthed all life. She opened her arms wide to embrace me when I pictured her within my inner sight. Great and powerful Mother, I know that it was you beyond the brass door. If only I kept my eyes open back then, why I would have done anything you asked for. Forgive me for being afraid. I had not yet learned how to smile at fear, but after all this time, I come to serve you so that this veil will disappear. And so the great queen spoke. My husband views you as a simple mortal, but I recognize the protector of my son. If not for your path to find Dionysus, then my boy would still be lost and on the run. You reunited my child with his family, and for that I am forever grateful. I wish to offer you help, but I cannot welcome you through this veil unless I know you are truly faithful. Even as gods and goddesses, we are trapped in the underworld, as we were expelled to the depths of our unconscious soul. Now that I see how you remember when we met, 
I will show you the way in which I can allow your soul to pass through. You must be initiated through the entire tree of life. And if you agree, then I will plant the Ankh at your heart center within you. She said, Sitting up on my knees, I looked at the veil when the spirit of the queen began to align. Yes, I could see a force behind the curtain, and she was my only sign. If I am to give you the key of life, you will be required to forever protect all that is true. First, you must answer my question correctly. And so I ask, who exactly are you? Said the queen. I am Levi. Incorrect, she said. Unsure whether this dream was real, I could not help but rub my eyes. And to my dismay, there was only empty space behind the veil when I saw the vision of the queen became compromised. Looking into the space where the crane had entered, I remembered how Dionysus and that bird could communicate with thought alone. He showed me how vibrations of sound were beyond what could be verbally heard, as if thought spoke with an invisible tone. Yes, now I could hear through the silence, and this veil required me to speak from a place within. There I raised my hands in prayer before my chest. Then I pictured the Holy Mother along with all of her divine kin. Smiling at fear, my inner desperation was nothing more than a cosmic joke, and so I let my intuition lead my thoughts through the mind when I heard the same question from which she first spoke. Tell me the truth. Who are you? She asked. I am but a simple man, and my journey has led me all the way to you. I have bowed to everyone I can imagine, and now I ask for your grace so that I may be worthy to pass through. Incorrect. I want you to tell me who you really are. Think of what you were before this journey brought you this far. I bow and humble myself before you, as I am a guide and protector of your son. My father gave me the name Levi, and the surface is where I am from. Wrong again. The concepts you are stuck on are what keeps you confined behind this veil and stuck in human skin. That's why you're pinned behind this barrier. And so I'll ask again, what were you before you were born? Answer this correctly, and you may enter into my initiation, she said. Then am I your servant? Don't act so coy and silly. Tell me the truth. Now who are you really? She asked. My queen, what do you want me to say? And why can't I see who you truly are? Why would you keep this veil separating us when I've already come this far? This veil is your own barrier. It has nothing to do with me. The moment you realize that we are not separate is the moment you truly see. This separateness is the heart of the issue. Go on and think of the soul within all fellow creatures. Now before you were ever born, who were you before I gave you these human features? She asked. And so I thought about who I was before I ever woke up. That was the moment I was born. And I could not recall where I'd been, since I was nothing more than a seed in the dirt before I had found life again. If I am not a man, and this bodily form is not mine, then I am just a simple soul, and so I am the exact same as the rest of all life that has sprouted through life's great vine. The veil began to shimmer with tremendous energy when the queen's hands emerged as I saw eternal soul for the first time. Now you are seeing the soul, for our spirit is the truth. You are one precious piece of my whole, and your spirit is woven throughout all my youth, she said. Her skin appeared like waves over the ocean, and I saw her like the deepest sea as her euphoric energy swept over me like a gentle tide. Looking into her hands, she held that same symbol of the Ankh, and this was the same lens Anubis held at his side. If you know what we are, then you're almost ready to enter, 
Tell me how you found this place, and then I'll plant this ancient Ankh in your heart center. She said. The journey took me to a mystical pyramid, and I was thrown down an endless set of stairs. The people of the pyramid tortured me for days as they locked me in a cell and tied me to a chair. Suffering awakens us to compassion, and this is growing's most difficult part. Now I want you to examine all those people who abused you. Now tell me who they are, and then I will plant this ankh within your heart, she said. Those men are evil. Their sins are among the worst of mankind. It is impossible to find someone more ruthless than them. And you may look everywhere in the world, but they are the most vile people you will find. They have imprinted trauma on your mind, but this is a matter of the heart. Shift your awareness into the spiritual nature of all beings and let that past suffering dissolve and fall apart. The pain and torture has altered your view, for they too are trapped in the never-ending maze. Surely their actions are dreadful, and someday they will be forced to reconcile that which must be paid. But even if they have hurt you, even if they have disgraced all of mankind, examine what lies at the center of their hearts. Can you notice that source of pure goodness, which is all that's left to find? She said, How could you say those men are pure, when you haven't seen what they've done? I wasn't the only person they tortured. In fact, I'm one of the only people who was able to escape and run. The actions of their lives is the karma they will have to sort through. But what I'm trying to help you consider is the way in which we can alter our outward view. Every mortal you've ever met is a fellow soul living in a body that is also falling apart. This creates terror and fear from the thought of death alone. And that is why we are called to look out from the lens of our hearts. All great beings endure suffering, but how can we bring this planet to ease? We must plant the Ankh in our hearts so that the Father's mercy will be released. Imagine looking into the eyes of your abusers. Can you seek only the one? For the source of the grapevine runs through all beings everywhere, and this spirit stretches into everything and everyone. Whether their actions are good or bad, whether they are blessed or damned, the seed of my soul stretches into all beings, and so this veil separates the union of God's source from your fellow separate man. I want to take you on a journey. This is the initiation into the temple of inner light. Once you look for the light within all souls, then you can enter into the path along the tree of life, said the queen. The queen was right, and the veil around my heart wouldn't allow my enemies in. But today I open my heart to all beings, even if I didn't know how I'd ever forgive them. That's it. You've done it. That's where love starts. You've opened the veil that was blocking off your heart, said the queen. Her arm held the ankh when her fingers penetrated my skin and reached into my infinite soul. Just as the breath disappeared from my lungs, I gasped for air while I felt her crafting a cavern in my heart much like an empty hole. There she planted the ancient ankh in my chest, and so a great weight hung from within. Now I could see this was a magic lens, and so I viewed the rest of her magnetic blue skin. But this key of life came with a cost, and a heaviness hung from my heart. Now a tender sadness sank through me before I collapsed in front of her as I was in awe of her form, for she was a perfected work of art. For so long I lived in a separate reality, and now a new longing came clear when her sacred world consumed me. This tender sadness erupted in my heart, and at the same time she pried me open with joy because my inner love was set free. She was the only one who came to help me, 
she was the only one who cared to come back. Looking up at her, I could see her motherly face behind the veil, and there the entire universe floated around her hair like a halo when I saw the twelve constellations of the zodiac. Still my heart was so heavy, the weight of the Ankh hung from my chest, and that's when I looked within her heart, and I saw an even bigger Ankh in the center of her breasts. Carrying this Ankh was not for the faint of heart, it was cold like the moon, but this lens was the truth, and it allowed me to see the energy that makes all souls bloom. It was a secret of the grapevine, and now I could see the soul from the heart's point of view, but I never knew it would be this heavy to hold. Guess this is the cost to realize what's complete and true. Stand up now. It is time for your initiation as we discussed. I have given you the key that sets you free, but this path of initiation requires complete surrender and total trust, she said. Rising to my feet, I looked toward her when I saw her eyes for the first time. Such current was within those pupils, and now my entire reality began to align. The mere look into her iris shot a bolt of energy through my soul. Freedom, clarity, and abundance poured into my spirit when I was awakened from the separateness and reunited into her totality of whole. Who are you? She tapped the ankh in my heart, and that's when the lens changed. A new vision of her appeared, as if her form had been rearranged. Now she had eight arms with seven items, and she was seated on a mighty lion. This was the Queen of Heaven. She was the Goddess of Zion. I am Mahadevi, the one who destroys evil and protects virtue. My divine fortress is inaccessible to those who oppose me. But now that you've seen me, I will forever protect you, she said. Bowing before her greatness, I could not stand on the same level. Reaching to touch her feet, I lowered myself to my belly while she stood on the highest pedestal. We are not going to spend unnecessary time philosophizing about the divine play. Time is short, and our situation is urgent, so we can't discuss metaphysics or the way in which God's power is made. This is the path of union and the way in which your karma will be repaid. Now we must discuss how you'll go about it, because this advice will be your divine aid. At times you will question yourself and ask which is the correct way to go. Be like the current of a great river. Go where you must and surrender with my flow. Working with yourself involves a journey, and this journey requires we sort through our own burdens. How much of this journey will be genuine all depends on how much you can handle and how you're willing to continue learning. Some of the path may seem hypocritical, which is very hard to sort out, but as long as you keep going on your way, then in time you will find the right route. The larger theme is letting go, knowing how to let go and what to let go of. It is time to learn how to relax into your true nature, and so we open our hearts to love. In some cases, you'll be given guidelines for how to relate with yourself and how to relate with others. But you won't be given any guidelines for how to experience freedom until you can see the soul within all your separate sisters and brothers. This expression of freedom comes from within you. This freedom from letting go is not a carefree and sloppy style but you have to evaluate what portion of discipline should be maintained in the name of integrity and what sort of discipline should be relaxed among those who are hostile, she said. The veil was gone, and I saw her full shape while love covered her light body, which glowed brighter than my eyes could take in. I covered my face to shield myself from all that ecstatic light she embodied. How you work with the details of this path is a twofold process. 
The first part is the mindfulness of things as they are. Whatever lies in front of you, mindfulness is how you relate with your present situation, no matter how painful or bizarre. The second aspect is awareness, which is the totality of the situation. It is how your mindfulness is reflected in what you've done, regardless of any occasion. Together, mindfulness and awareness are the first category of the principle of letting go. This may seem like a very simple, ordinary issue, but it is a very big one and somehow it is quite impossible to grasp or truly know. Mindfulness first, then awareness after brings what is known as decency. Letting go does not mean getting wild or being a freak who can let go of everything. Rather, I'm saying that if you let yourself go fully and acknowledge your existence as you are, then you are a true human being. Soon you will find yourself paying more attention to details to the fullest extent possible. So from mindfulness and awareness, you become a decent person who knows how to relate with things as they are. She said, so bright and full, Mahadevi was more powerful than anyone could know. Are you ready? She asked. Ready? I think so. Well, of course you are. How couldn't you be? Your soul was created from what we call sacred existence. And this energy we are entering into is the source of God, which is unrestricted and free. She said, Holy, holy, holy this queen was. There I rose in front of her when I felt the essence of the sun's heat. With one of her hands upon my shoulder, I felt another upon my hip. How did you change before? When you touched my heart, I saw your form shift. She smiled at me. Then she paused to tap the center of the ankh in my heart again. Once more, she transformed when I witnessed an ancient Egyptian peering into me. Let me show you the secrets of the ankh. Let me show you truth beyond the lies. My body changes through eternity, yet it has always been the same soul of Shakti behind these eyes. I am the spirit of creation. In this form, the Egyptians knew me as Isis. I am your guide through the underworld, guiding your spirit out of crisis. A moment later, her hand reached down and tapped the ankh in my heart again, and there my reality shifted. As if the sight had switched to a different plane, I saw her as an ancient woman. Many view my layers as separate, and now I appear as Freya of Norse mythology. It is impossible to know where I have all been, since no one can trace my soul's chronology. She said. Once more, her hand tapped the center of my heart where the vision shifted yet again. Her form was luminous and appeared as a holy mother. Can you see me as Mother Mary, as I am the virgin who gave Christ his birth? Then she tapped my heart center and it changed again. Now I am Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy who looks after all creatures of our earth. Tapping the center of my heart one more time, I saw her appear as a great and ancient Greek queen. Can you recognize me as Hera? For I am Zeus's wife hiding behind this luminous facade. However you choose to see me, I am the divine feminine that sustains the source of God. She said, but how? My eyes were stuck in astonishment, for I witnessed her form change to any and every divine goddess that had ever taken birth. And yet I saw the same soul behind her eyes, which held her true power. And how do you prefer to pray? Do you worship like the Egyptians, the Hindus, Muslims, or Christ and the apostles? Whatever the case, I am the mother of all spirit, watching all my life forms live before their bones and bodies turn to fossils. She said, a layer of her love hummed around my body, and I could feel her shine flow through me as I neared the space where the veil once was. 
when we pay attention to the details, when we pay attention to everything beyond which mere words can discuss, the overall effect is upliftedness, and this feeling is harmony with the soul that lives within us. This radical acceptance is the way we harness the magic that resides within us all. This energy is our soul known as Shakti, and it flows through every one of my creatures, ranging from large to small. It is fresh and free from all obstructions. It is impossible for the soul to cease or quit. Now it is time to enter into the power of creation and ride upon it, she said. My hand pressed through the veil, and it felt like I touched a beating sun. As if I was launched from Earth, I crashed into a pool where all energy first begun. Going into the center of the sun, my eyes were of no use. I was free and in heaven. I was just like Mahadevi's lion, alive and set loose. Any moment we seek control over, we must die to life's potential from which all freedom is drawn. If we grasp too tight, our knuckles turn white while the moment's pure potential slips away. It is impossible to alter everything to be more pleasant or painless, but rather we must be open and accept the moment just as it is without pushing anything away. This is what living means, to be completely absorbed in the here and now. We have killed the moment by trying to control it, and so we must sink into the natural order of the universe, which means we find union with the Tao. Relax and lighten up. Offer chaos a cup of tea. Nowhere to go, nothing to try to be, she said. Then where am I? We are within the source of the grapevine, and you are here to establish a new link between heaven and earth. This tree of life is known as the Kabbalah, and in the Jewish mystical tradition, it explains where pure potential stems from and how it spreads to every being that's ever taken birth, she said. By merging beyond the veil, I entered into joy and sadness together at once. I felt so tender, the way you fall in love for the first time. And thinking about my lover, I knew she was with me, but I couldn't see her, and I had so many delightful ideas, but at the same time, I felt somewhat sad. How could human emotions be expressed this way? And yet the longing for the sacredness was filled, and so I began to radiate peaceful confidence like a morning star. Then wherever I went, I illuminated the way of discipline, which was realizing what to accept and what to reject. This experience was like turning on a light, and then I felt as if I was the ruler of all worlds. That joy and sadness was harmonized. It was also personal. And the way I related with this attitude towards myself transformed because I could see how I was part of the grapevine source. I was a growing seed, and now I could see through the heart's veil. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail.